Welcome to JNR Basketball. I'm John. That's Ronnie. Let's jump right into it. Today is Saturday. Tomorrow, we have two Game 7s. The Mavs are in Phoenix, and the Bucks are in Boston. Ronnie, who's winning these series? And I'm nervous. <laughs> and the only reason <laughs> I'm nervous is because we actually got to a Game 7 for my sons. I don't know what's what's up with that. You know, I, I, I thought the series was going to go 5 max, but now it's at 7, and... I'm yeah, I'm nervous, man. How do you feel? I honestly flip a coin. I think that's who's going to win. It's it's been such a back and forth series. The one thing the Suns have going for them is that the home team has won every single game. This is in Phoenix, and the last time they were in Phoenix, the Suns won by thirty. The the time before that, they were in Phoenix, the Suns won by twenty. They have dominated at home, uh, and they've lost miserably on the road. So at least they have that going for them. Uh, Chris Paul yeah. has looked terrible these last couple of games. Yeah, the, so this team has been stepping into the passing lanes that the Mavs have. So, like every time he goes to pass it, and, and they they're anticipating his pass. That's a problem there. Um, they know he's not going to shoot it for like the first three quarters, pretty much, unless he's wide open or, you know, just in his spots. But yeah, they're they're anticipating and they're they're getting it too. The other thing that they're doing well is a. Uh, they're double teaming Booker. I don't want to say this out loud because I don't want anyone. Yeah, to they're know, listening to you. They're going to they're going to find yeah. out your strategy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but Booker's weakness is being double teamed, and it's it's been his weakness for the, the last three years. And he had eight turnovers. You could see that they they definitely caught onto that because they double teamed him the, right away as soon as he got the ball. The turnovers have been just absolutely infuriating. Uh, if you're a Suns fan, yeah. it, it's just some of yeah. these. They're so telegraphed, like. Uh, I could probably steal it based off of the, the way these lazy passes are going. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been frustrating. You got to give it to the Mavs. So they they are having different yeah. people be. You know, they're dealing to the hot hand. They're finding the hot hand, where the Suns have just not not had a hot hand at all. You know, you're right. They're yeah. double teaming Booker. He's outletting it to somebody that's gonna that's gonna miss a shot, and there's no one there to get the rebound. You know, DeAndre continues yep. to kind of shy away from from the fighting for those boards he did a little bit better at portions of the game in game six but mm. overall it's still just you know the mavericks underneath the basket the suns are, are nowhere to be found yeah it was it was weird so i i got that from some friends you know they're like saying that he, he needs to step up and i so i i miss this game um i went to a concert Coldplay. play it was really good by the way <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so i kind of caught part of the game because um they were showing it on TV, like in the stadium and stuff, in the Cardinal Stadium. That's where the concert was. So I was watching a little bit. Um, and then I went home and watched the game. So, again, my friends were like, Aiton needs to step up. And I, at the beginning of the game, though, I think Aiton had like three or four rebounds in like the first two minutes. Yeah. Like he was all over the place. He was doing wonderful. But then he only ended up with 11 rebounds. So it's just kind of like he fell off, you know. I He was off to a great start, but then he changed something. I don't know if he got tired or what. Well, the game got out of hand pretty quickly. I mean, the Suns scored 86 points, which is just absolutely one of the lowest scores they've had all season. They were out of sorts pretty much the entire game, and uh, it was really tough to watch. There were multiple points where I, I just wanted to turn the game off and rage quit and walk away. Yeah. And it's just been, you know, this series has been just a, a, a range of emotions from absolute, absolute uh, joy as they're dominating to just head scratching of what are you, what are you doing? What are they doing? And it'll right. be interesting to see which Suns team shows up to game seven. 
Which Mav teams shows up to Game Seven? Right, they were destroyed last time they were in Phoenix. Is that behind them? Are yeah. are are they ready to to surrender? Uh, it'll be a fun series. It's been a fun series for sure. Uh, I hope it goes in some way. Oh, frustrating, <laughs> yeah. But that's part of the fun, right? You know, you you went in thinking yeah. it was going to be a five game series. I thought it was going to be a six game series. But here we are, in Game Seven. The rest of the games don't matter. Uh, one game, mm-hmm. go to the Western Conference Finals. Right, exactly. So here's the things that that we need to do to actually win. So the big thing is that um, they the Mavs they had ten more three pointers. So that's thirty points right there, right? That's that's a huge gap. Um, that that's a big thing. And then turnovers, we had twenty two, they had six. And there was one other thing that I don't. And remember I, I don't remember the right number now, but... either. But going back to the turnovers, they had twenty yeah. plus points off of our turnovers. So that's just mm-hmm. a gift. You can't win a game in the playoffs turning the ball over that much. Right. Exactly. So yeah, well, just those are the big things. Um, we just, I think, I'd like to see Chris Paul be aggressive with his shots. So it kind of like throws their game plan off because you can see that they they know that he's going to pass it. They're expecting the pass. So if he just maybe drives and you know does some layups, and then if we actually get ready, if we game plan around that where we're ready to rebound it in case he misses, or you know we have that those out passes where he could dump it out at one of the three point shooters, um, I think that'll just throw them off of their game plan. And then Booker needs to he needs to get open off the ball, you know, like when when he doesn't have the ball, he needs to do some running around, kind of like how Steph Curry does, and he needs to get open and get ready for a catch and shoot. Because the problem right now is that when he when the ball is passed to him, he gets double teamed and he loses it. He just he doesn't know how to handle that. So he needs to catch and shoot it instead of trying to dribble and and get himself open or try for a pass because that's not working for him right now. Eight uh, turnovers for him and five for Chris Paul. Yeah, and to your point of moving without the ball, that's been kind of the problem with Game Six. At least it appeared is that. You know, they they isolate, and then the rest of the team just kind of stands there on the perimeter. There's no one moving around. There's no mm-hmm. one. It's just kind right. of lazy, and it's that's old Suns basketball. Yeah. So yeah, but as as long as you do that, we'll we'll be in good shape. But uh, I mean, I, just like you said, I I give the Mavs credit because they they did step up, and you know, the big thing is that they're hitting their three pointers too. That's that's probably the biggest thing. And we used to be the the best three point defender team, but um, not anymore. Yeah, so I, I thought it'd be kind of fun. This is gonna. This is Saturday night. The game is Sunday, so most people will be hearing this Monday after after the game is over. So let's let's do some hypotheticals here. The Suns win this game. They win Game Seven. Why do they win Game Seven? Because they played. Because the the game was refed fairly. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. Right, so you're saying the officials are are the main reason that the Suns would win? I think that's. That was a bit a big problem for two games. Listen, I, I hate seeing Luca where you know he'll yell at the refs or whatever, and no tech is called. But then you know Booker will look at them, and then he gets a tech or just something stupid like that. You know, it's just I don't understand that why it's not refed equally a lot of the time. Like Luca do whatever he wants. He he bodies up. He'll push people. He'll charge in, into people, and it's not called. It's usually called against us. So I just want it fair where we can both play our games and just have an equal opportunity to play against the Golden State Warriors too. So you're saying, if I'm if I'm understanding you translating your, your Ronnieism correctly, the best team <laughs> will win if the refs are even and the best team is the Phoenix Suns. Yes. Okay. 
I think the key to the game is cut out for the Suns, get rid of those turnovers. You need to reduce those turnovers drastically. And you need to make smart passes and pass it. Don't force shots. Get it to the open shooter. We've seen the Warriors do this time and time again, making that extra pass to get it to the open guy. That guy making a smart choice and, and shooting the shot or passing it to the next guy. The Suns are forcing, yeah. in my opinion, the Suns are forcing a lot of shots. They're they're putting up shots when there is an open person, and they're just they're, they're forcing just, passes. They're frustrated. They're almost playing scared against this Mavericks team, and it yep. really shows in the final score. Yeah, you're exactly right. If we could just play good defense on the perimeter and, and stop passing it through the defenders, you know, like Chris Paul keeps trying to, you know, pass it barely by, you know, the defenders. Thread the needle. No, yeah. They, Right, exactly. You know, so he he needs to kind of stop doing that and and yeah, just play regular basketball. Stop okay. trying to be super fancy. So now let's let's switch gears. The Mavericks win this game. What happened that caused the Mavericks to be going to the Western Conference Finals? Um, the referees were up the up his <laughs> still butt the refs. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what it was for those. There was two games, so so you Mavericks can't look at game one six game and say it was really the referees' good. fault. It wasn't. No, that was that was a good game, and uh, that that was it was okay. I I'll say it was sixty forty percent, sixty percent refs, and then forty percent. I'm sorry, I'm, the calls went like sixty percent for the Mavs, and then forty percent for us. That's what I'm trying to say. In game six, so it was a little lopsided, but yeah, in game six, okay. In game in game five, it was even. It was just there was bad calls for both teams, so but it evened out. So. You know, they we had those bad calls that were called for, you know, Luca, of course, and then the Mavs had bad calls called like against Booker. So uh that went both ways. Okay. I I don't think the refs have as much to do with it as as you do. I think the Mavs and the Mavs can very much win this game, right? This is a very winnable game for them. I think the Mavs mm-hmm. win this game if they continue to do what they've been doing, and that's been playing really solid defense forcing the Suns to make silly passes and intercepting those and then capitalizing on the Suns' mistakes. I think the Suns are a more talented team, but the Mavericks have been more opportunistic and taking advantage of our mistakes, where the Suns, they haven't really been doing that. So I think that's the key to the game for them is continue to force the Suns to make mistakes and then capitalize on those mistakes. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also think that a big part of it is refs where it just... It it frustrates you as a player, you know, when you see that he's getting all the calls and then you're not. It does get you. It, it messes with your head a little yeah. bit, you know, where you you it messes with your game. You change your whole the way you play, and um, they haven't been playing the same because of how some of these calls are going. But yeah, I still agree with you though. Okay, well, let's see what happens. Game seven Sunday uh, looks like five o'clock uh, local time for Phoenix, eight o'clock Eastern time. Should be a fun game. I think, uh, we've talked about this before, I think whoever wins this game and advances to the Western Conference Finals is going to lose to Golden State. What are your thoughts? Oh, man, I just I just don't want to see the Suns lose and watch the Mavs lose from to Golden State. I want to have a chance against Golden State. You know what I mean? I think we will beat Golden State. I know you don't, but I, I think we are the better team. Okay. Um, It's tough against LA teams because... um. Well, luckily Golden State too, is in uh, <laughs> Oakland. Yeah. So it's a good three hours away. No, more than that from LA. So it's a California yeah. team, but not an LA team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Let's move on to the next Game 7 series. 
and that is Boston and Milwaukee tied at three apiece. And the home team doesn't really matter in this series. They've been all over the place. They've been going back and forth. And there's been some super close games. Uh, Boston won 108-95 game six in Milwaukee to force a game seven. I think everyone kind of expected, I, I expected at least Milwaukee to win this game six on their home court. Shifts back to Boston for a game seven. Sunday, 12.30 Pacific, 3.30 Eastern time. Who's winning the series, Ronnie? I'm So my first prediction was Milwaukee. I'm going to stick with them. I wouldn't mind if the Celtics won, though. I like them. They're they're a really good team still. And yeah, I, I still got to go with Milwaukee, though. They, I think they're going to take it. An interesting fact on this series is that no team has won twice in a row. It's always gone back and forth, back and forth. So if that holds true, Milwaukee is advancing to the Eastern Conference. If Boston can win it on their home court, obviously then they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I have no idea on this one either. This has just been a crazy series. You know, there were sports where Mm -hmm. Milwaukee seemed like they were going to win this handily, and then they squandered opportunities, and and, it's it's been tough. It's been tough to get a feel on this. Jason Tatum was the difference maker last game. 46 points, 9 rebounds. I mean, how are you going to stop that, you know? Right. And And then his supporting cast, Marcus Smart, 21. Brown had 22. So, yeah, that's that's an awesome job. You know, after the way the Game 5 ended with uh, a couple of missed shots, certainly an opportunity to win that game in uh, Boston, Game 5. I just wonder how much that played into Game 6 for Boston to come out on fire. But can they continue that momentum into Game 7? Giannis, I say, is the best basketball player in the NBA right now. You, You... you can't stop him. You can hope to either let him be the only person that score or, or try to limit the amount of damage he does. What's better, in your opinion, to let Giannis be the person that scores and, and shut everybody else down or to try to limit him so he doesn't get uh, doesn't get a full head of steam going? I mean, if you're Boston, you, you try to limit him, but it is just so difficult. So you, you just got to play the whole team, you know? I mean, it's... So, yeah, I don't I don't think it's... More important just to focus on him. I think it's still overall team. And they have that defense where they, they if they just put one guy on him, I mean, Giannis is going to do his Giannis thing, you know. So you just, you can just slow him down, put your best guy on him. But you still got to be ready for the other guys, you know. So, yeah. But they have a, a, a great team where they could put a guy on each guy and, and they'll be fine. They've proved it too. They, they know how to handle it. Giannis has been uh, averaging 35 points per game this series, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. Giannis is one of those guys where I, I don't like how he gets all the fouls called for him too that that drives me crazy that's the only yeah. big difference um, not that they, they won last game but still they had 25 fouls called for them um, Bucks did and then Celtics had 17 so um, it's, it's still they lost though you know So, but it just shows that as long as he goes to the rim he's going to have his free throw opportunities so as long as he hits those they're going to have a, a much better chance of winning yeah and they when he's going to the rim and you're going to foul him, you have to make sure you foul him so he doesn't get the you know doesn't get the shot and one. Make him shoot two three throws. He's not a great three throw shooter, uh, but you can't give him two bonus points and then plus an opportunity to make a three point play. That's just gonna it's just not gonna work. So you got to foul yeah. hard enough that he can't make the shot. Uh, otherwise, just let him make the shot. 
historically he hasn't been a, a great free throw shooter, but he does step it up during the playoffs. Like last game, he was 14 of 15. So like, there's something that he, he kind of hits a switch in the playoffs. Um, The game before, though, he was only 6 of 10. So um, I guess it's, you know, hit or miss. he flips yeah. that switch on and off. Yeah. I, I wonder, let's see, you said last game he hit 14 out of 15. The game before, he was mm-hmm. 6 out of 10. Last game he was yeah. in it at home, which, you know, the crowd is, is not doing their thing when he's on the line. And, yep. and the game before that, they were in Boston. So this is going to be in Boston. Uh, yeah, 60% last time he was in Boston. That seems about what I would expect from Giannis. Yeah, not as many further opportunities uh, from from two, from both of those games. So that's kind of yeah. Uh, only by four, or was it five? Yeah, You said, yeah, 10 and 15. 14 and 15, I think I said. Yeah. Uh, yeah yep. f- okay, so five free throws difference. So yeah. I don't know. I, I still think that they have the team, you know. who? What player got injured? Um, we were talking about that earlier before the podcast started. What, what, who was that? That was, Danny, was that Danny Green on the Philadelphia 76ers. So let's jump over to that. The, oh, the that's team. right. Okay, so, so yeah. whoever wins this game seven between Boston and Milwaukee is going to go on to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're going to face the Miami Heat, who successfully closed out the Philadelphia 76ers, beating, uh, winning that series 4-2. Uh, to two. And, yeah, Danny Green got hurt from Philadelphia in the first three minutes of the game. It was kind of sad. Uh, Joel Embiid was, was, went for a shot. There was some contact. You know, I heard people saying it was a flop. It didn't look like a flop. It looked like he was kind of off balance. It did look like he was trying to sell contact a little more than there actually was. He came down on Danny Green's leg. Danny Green mm-hmm. torn ACL, had to be carried off the court three minutes into the first quarter. And it just got worse for them as the game went on. Uh, they end up losing that game. 99 to 90. It never really even felt that close. Uh, and you got to look yeah. at the 76ers and say, what's next for them? I think you sent me a text that say they're, they're kind of like the old Oklahoma City Thunder where they're, they're playoff regulars, but they can't really, they're not a championship team. Yeah. Utah's one of those teams too. Yeah. James Harden had 11 points in this game, zero points in the second half. He's getting a lot of heat. A lot of a lot of critical uh, comments on that, and rightfully so. You gotta score more than that. Uh, I think he only right. took two shots in the second half. He just sort of vanished, and you know we all saw but he the, played forty two minutes. He played forty two minutes and fifty nine seconds. He played forty three minutes essentially. <laughs> uh, only person that played more on the Sixers was Joel Embiid, which you would expect. You know, those are your superstars. Mm-hmm. You're going to lean on them heavily, and it just. Uh, you saw the drama that played off with Ben Simmons last year where he kind of disappeared in the playoffs. How do you not say the same thing about James Harden in this series? Did he get tired? Right. You know, he's not as young as he used to be. He's certainly a, a shell of his former self, but he's still one of the best shooters in the game and he's not taking shots. So let's, let's say Green doesn't get injured. Let's say MB doesn't miss the first two games. Do you think they would have won the series? No, I don't think so. I think we, we saw, you know, all of that on displays. Embiid came back and they won that game. Uh, Miami made adjustments, and I think that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, is they made the adjustments necessary to be the better team. They're, you know, their head coach Eric Spolstra has been there for many, many seasons. Uh, he's a he's a good head coach. You're not going to outcoach yeah. him. I feel like at this point in his coaching career. So I know when he was yeah. there with LeBron, LeBron at time there, you know, there was a lot of criticality of him. He has this roster and he mm-hmm. can't win. Uh, I I don't think you can make those comments anymore. I think he's he's evolved into a very good coach, and I think this team is is proof of that. Because there's nobody. I mean, they have a talented roster, but 
you, I certainly didn't expect him to be the number one seed and then to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. It was always kind of like, yeah, well, they're going to lose because X, Y, Z, and, and you know they're the first team to clinch. Yeah, when I see defenses step up, and that I believe that's all has to do with you know being coached well. On the the teams that have good defenses are coached well, and so yeah, I think you've also into that category now. And the Sixers are going to struggle. We talked about their salary a little bit last time. You know, James Harden has a forty-plus million-dollar player option. Uh, based mm-hmm. off of this performance this season, I feel like he's taken that player's option to get that forty-plus oh, yeah. million dollars. Try to put together some some good film so that he could then get another big contract. But I feel like if he opts out, he's not going to get forty million a year. Yeah, and I, I so going back to what you said about you know game three, I do agree with you. Like once they won that game, it threw all these injuries and everything that was going on out the window. It, it didn't really matter because they proved that they could win. And yeah, I, Harden just needs to work in the offseason. He needs to get healthy. He needs to get in the gym and, you know, just just get to a, a lower weight where to, he can move better, you know. And he's he's looks soft and slow right now. He, he needs to he's definitely get lost big and step. get fit. Yeah. You know, yeah. In, in his defense, he was traded in the middle of the season. Never really had a full, you know, offseason uh, to, to bond with this team. But when you're one of the best players in the NBA, the expectation is that you can come into any team and, and contribute right away. And he has. He has several games where he's contributed. But for whatever reason, he just vanished. Yeah. Do you think that they should have played different players, like, for example, like DeAndre Jordan? Because I, I would have liked to see him on the floor more. I think he's an excellent player. I don't I don't think there's any reason why DeAndre Jordan no, shouldn't have No, I don't think so. He, he, was, he, he was a did-not-play-coach's decision I mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think I think you go. Do with, you think splitting up? See, I I think splitting up the minutes a little bit where these guys are not on the floor as much. Like, yeah, you want Embiid on the floor as much as you can, or do you? Maybe you, if you got him out and gave him a rest, then when he came back into the game, he'd be you know a hundred percent rested and he could take over a little bit more. But I think the when you're problem 40, is 40 minutes. Yeah, no, I agree. Forty. Uh, he played forty-four minutes. That's too much. But when you look at what these other guys have done throughout the series, you know, they they just haven't been able to keep the game close. So you almost mm-hmm. need him in exclusively. Otherwise, you're going to, hey, we're it's a close game. By the time he comes back in, you're down by 10. And it's it's tough to recover against this very talented Miami yeah. team. Let's say you take a, a winded Embiid out. You know, you're he's he's tough. Or let, let's say you match him up against DeAndre Jordan. Like, so Embiid, he's been playing 10 minutes. He's been running up and on the floor the whole time. And then you put DeAndre Jordan, like, like let's say they're playing 101, you know, a fresh DeAndre Jordan. Don't you think Jordan is going to be able to take Embiid? No. Because he's fresh and he's not tired? No. Okay, so that's the reason I they left Embiid in. I don't know what your love is for DeAndre Jordan. but <laughs> I just think I just think fresh players are good. And I think a lot of these fresh players are just as good as some of these other guys when they're fresh compared to when they're like when Embiid is tired. That's all I'm saying. And then you get the guy rested and then you're able to put him in when he has a couple minutes of rest and he's good to go. I'm just looking at his numbers from his last five games and he's just, he's not going to get you any points. His defense isn't very good. Uh, He'll get you some rebounds, but he's playing a lot of minutes and he's just, He's not the if if you're in a playoff game, I just don't feel like there's any value to having him in the game. I think you'd rather have a, an exhausted Joel versus a fresh DeAndre. Obviously, know, it's, the, it's, the coaching staff tough. agreed with that based off his minutes. But right. yeah, it's it's always you know as fans, 
it's always easy to look back at a coach's decision and, and question it, mm-hmm. and you, you never know. But there might be more to the story of why he wasn't getting any minutes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it could have made a difference if they just kind of played more of their bench. You know, they they played a little bit of their bench. You know, but I don't I don't think they played enough of it. I also I think it kind of changes up the you know for Miami. You know, like defensively, it kind of changes their game plan because you have all these new players coming in, kind of like what the Suns are doing with Biombo. They kind of threw him in, and he wasn't in a game plan yeah. for uh you know Mavs defensively. Or so when you when you change it up on teams, it just kind of messes with this, messes with them, and then. They kind of scramble to figure out what what they need to do to guard this guy, and then you have Embiid coming back in, and you're like, "Oh crap! <laughs> now, now what do we do? We just yeah, we just kind of screwed everything up now. You know, it just it just messes with the game plan." Yeah, and I, I think there's probably some value in that. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Who knows? I feel like this Miami team, well coached and, and talented roster, they were going to win this series no matter what. And yeah. I'm going to go I, on the record here and say I think they're going to advance to the finals. You know, I've been picking against Miami this entire time. Mm-hmm. I think regardless if it's the Celtics or the Bucks, I think Miami is going to win, and I think they're going to go to the NBA championship. They have much – I don't think they play till Tuesday, so they have a great opportunity to get some rest, get fresh, and then play a tired Milwaukee or Boston team that's coming off of a game yeah. seven. Do you think – Celtics is gonna win over Bucks, or do you? Did you pick one of those? I I kind of <laughs> avoided the question, so I didn't say anything <laughs> foolish. But thanks for remembering that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I think Boston, but yeah, yeah, they're I at home, so, so they're, and home. they're a five point favorite. They're a five point favorite. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think Boston. I, I, I'll still go with Bucks. You're gonna go Bucks? Okay. Yeah. I think Miami. Beats, I mean, it's not a bad pick. I think Miami beats either of those teams. Um, yeah, and then they'll play Golden State in the finals. Right. I I still hope it's going to be Bucks and Suns rematch, but I don't think <laughs> too many people want to see that. I think from the NBA's point of view, they're going to be like, let's get the Celtics back in there, and let's get Golden State in there, and just for ratings, they're going to try to do whatever they can to make that happen. Yeah. Plus, Golden State and you know versus Luca, that's going to be a a big ratings game if they could get that working. So I, I'll basically, I, I'll know who's going to win the Suns Mavs game in the first, you know, five minutes when I see how the calls are going. <laughs> first five minutes. You heard it here, folks. Ronnie yeah. is on Twitter, JNR underscore B ball underscore Ron. Follow him. He will make his prediction on Twitter in the first five minutes and uh, yep. we'll see if he's right. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll be crying probably in the first five minutes when I. <laughs> If you're crying in the first, okay. getting other calls, <laughs> uh, or crying tears of joy. Interested <laughs> to see what your prediction is because that is, you know, I, I always my wife always makes fun of me when I when I call games too early. It's like, oh, that's it, yeah. they're gonna lose or they're gonna win. It's just you can't call it so early, but you can sometimes tell the way they're playing, their body yeah, language. Sometimes you can. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see to see what happens. I feel like if the NBA was rigged, and I'm not saying the NBA is rigged, there's certainly some questionable things happening but i feel like you'd want chris paul to win a championship having been in the league for so long and just kind of not necessarily being the face of the franchise of of the nba but you know a well-known player who apparently is hated by many fan bases but you'd want to see a veteran like that win an nba finals i would think it's i don't i don't understand the two i think it all has to do with sarver you know the owner 
Oh, you don't think the Suns? You think the Suns owner is on the bad list of the NBA? So they're yeah, they don't want it, him to, again, to win. Hypothetically, anything. if the NBA is rigged, no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is hypothetically rigged. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's hypothetically. Hypothetically, okay. Go back and go back to two thousand and seven when you saw how rigged it was when the Suns lost to the. <laughs> The conference finals against the Spurs. Well, next thing you're going to tell and me there later was a, on. a referee that was was throwing games intentionally. Hmm, oh, interesting. Oh I wonder why he would oh do wait, that. that happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, was he betting on the games? Is that why Tim Tim Donaghy? Is that how you say his name? I think so. We should do a conspiracy theory episode because you know you have the frozen envelope in the NBA draft, which which allowed the the Knicks to get the first round pick. Uh, that might be a fun thing to do. So maybe we'll put a pencil in that pencil that in and, and do yeah. like a. Top NBA conspiracy theories. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, if you have a top, if you have a conspiracy theory, send us a send us a text. Give us a call on the JNR fan line six zero two nine three five eight three six eight. We want to hear your NBA conspiracy theory. You know what I want to hear is your thoughts about this Grizzlies and Warriors game. What do you think about that one? I, the last game that they played. Yeah, I think that Golden State was just, you know, they. You have Clay Thompson, who historically in Game Six has been really, really good. And let me pull up the numbers here real quick. But he, yeah. So Clay Thompson had a great is sixty percent in Game Sixes, sixty percent for three three point shots. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he just loves those Game Sixes. Okay, so, and then I went back and I, I have a lot of stats on this one because I, I really wanted Memphis to win and I was doing a lot of research on this team. So Memphis was 21 and 6 without Ja Morant, including the playoffs. Now they're 21 and 7. So I, I really thought that Memphis is going to be able to pull this off and, you know, win one and maybe string a, a few games together. But, um, oh, the score was 77 to 78 and Golden State was in the lead by one point in the third quarter. So they they're only down by one point. They had this one, but then with six minutes and thirty seconds, they are up by two, eighty nine to eighty seven. And then Wiggins hit a three. Dylan Brooks bounces the ball off his foot, and that's when Golden State came together and Memphis fell apart. Every and then that Golden uh, Memphis just ah, they just lost everything. Brooks only that was the only turnover that Brooks had, by the way, too, for the, wow. the whole entire game was just bouncing it off his foot. And it, it seemed like it changed the whole game right after that happened. It was just they couldn't recover. Grizzlies had, um, sorry, yeah, so with 6.30 to go, it, they had 89 points, right? They ended up with 96 points at the end of the game. So if they only scored 7 points in 6 minutes and 30 seconds at the, the last part of the game. Yikes. So it just shows, like, in the playoffs, all it takes is one bad quarter to end your whole entire season. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. The, the Grizzlies had that b- bad fourth quarter, so... It sucks for the Grizzlies. I, I wish they would have, you know, they, they're they such a good team. They're probably my second favorite team in the league, honestly. I just like their personalities and their, their team. But, uh, yeah, sucks. No, there was a, a, a Caesars power boost on the uh, the betting app, and it was Clay Thompson makes four threes and the, the Warriors win. And I took that, and then I saw that Clay Thompson had, like, five threes by like, the halftime. Nice. And I was like, all right, well, now I just need the Warriors so to crazy. win. But I'm looking yeah. at the stats here too. You know, Brooks took 28 shots. He was only shooting 39% from the field. That's that's not good in a closeout game or a must-win game. You know, 11 of 28. Right. He was seven from 15 from the threes. He's not a great shooter. And when you're having him take that many shots because John Morant is out and he is a good shooter or a better shooter, 
you you really yeah, need to catch fire to yeah he takes a lot of high percentage shots he he really needs to just be lights out shooting in order to win that game and, and he wasn't he was pretty pretty bad mm-hmm. yeah it's it's got to be so frustrating for grizzlies because when you're up you know when when there's like six minutes and thirty seconds left and then you lose like that you know just I mean they got rolled in the last six thirties and it just sucks because. At one point, you're like, "Cool, we're, we could win this." You know, we could go on and make a game seven out of it. But nope, they're just done. Yeah, you know, the Warriors took a, a three to one game lead after game four, uh, which is a super close game. You know, they lost by three points, and yeah. then you you're asking the Grizzlies to win three games against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. That's that's really really tough. They had that huge win, blowout win in game five, and then you know, Golden State. They just know how to close. They have that playoff experience. And that's exactly that's why I think they're going to beat Dallas or Phoenix, whoever comes out of there. They have the yeah. playoff experience. Everyone looks healthy. Everyone seems healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, not Gary Payton the second, but that's yeah. they're gonna they're just shooting lights out numbers. If you look at what they shot for this game comparatively, um, Clay Thompson was fifty percent, fifty seven percent from three. Andrew Wiggins sixty percent from three point line. I mean, they're just making mm-hmm. these shots, scoring big numbers. And they just have the depth to do it. Yeah, but then go back to the game before that when it was their Grizzlies had a fifty point lead at one point yeah. against Golden State. Yeah, that so game was ugly. I just, I mean, the Golden State isn't that good. But yeah, when they're at home, they definitely get the motivation behind them. They, they start launching threes and they hit them for some reason. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think the Suns defensively know how to stop them because they showed it in the regular season. So we'll we'll see what happens with that when we do match up with them after tomorrow night's <laughs> Hypothetically game. match up with them. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see them. It'll be a very interesting series when we see them. We don't want to see Luca move move forward. But uh, hey, I kind of um, do. I want to see how he handles that. I mean, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> you do not want to see that. No, I you don't. You do not want to see I, the I mean, Suns I'm a get Suns out of fan. The I want the Suns to win, but I if yeah. the Suns lose. I, I do I am interested to see how Dallas handles that because yeah. Golden State is a tougher team than Phoenix, I think, right now. There there's more problems, right? Double team Booker and you, we see what's happening there. Who are you double teaming on this Warriors team? Right. You don't have yeah, enough guys really. on the court. You're gonna get burned by somebody else. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, you can't double team on this team. There's just too many guys that could shoot. Right. I go back to the game one of this Memphis and Warriors game when the remember when Ja missed that that layup and how that just kind of like, I mean, they, they had that, that they could have started the series with yeah. a win. And here they are, you know, just, I mean, all it takes is one shot. God, that sucks. They, they lost two games, really, really close games. The first game they lost by a point with that layup. And then the, the fourth game they lost by three where they were in the driver's seat really at several points in that game to, to pull away and win it. They just, they just couldn't do it. Yeah. So me and my brother-in-laws, we think that the California teams, they always get the calls, except for Sacramento. They're the exception. But, you know, like <laughs> Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors, they always get the calls for the, you know, the refs. So it would be interesting to see them against Luka because that would just be an evenly called game, I think, you know. And, I, yeah, it would be interesting to see Luka going up against these guys. I, I think Green would probably take him, though. Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green is a great defender. And uh, Luka struggles against really good defenders. And... They have so many guys that you know. Luca's not a great defense, not a great defender, 
And I feel like there's so many players on that Warriors that would just have a field day if, if Luke is trying to cover them. Yeah, and looking at this team, like when you got so Warriors, they're they're moving on, right? So they got Looney, Green, Wiggins, Curry, and Thompson. If you match the Suns against them, I don't I don't think they're they're better enough defensively to stop us. But I think we're better defensively to stop them. So I, I think we could take them. We just need to win that one game. We need to move forward. We, yeah, we need to the, win that so we could the problem with that is, and it's going to be regardless if it's Phoenix or Dallas, is that oftentimes you you draw the double team and they spit it out to the open guy, and then you you rush to cover the open guy, who then passes it to the next open guy. They have so many shooters on this team that any of those guys are open, they're going to hit that shot most of the time. Yeah, but yeah, it should be. It should be an interesting sort of series, you know, Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. We'll know who those teams are Sunday after those games end. And uh, then we'll start speculating on, on what that's going to look like. But I, I, I've said it here and I'm saying it. I'll say it one last time. NBA Finals is going to be Miami versus Golden State. And I think Golden State wins. Ronnie, who are the final two teams? It'll be, Who's winning? It'll be Suns and Golden State. Suns will take that series easily, most likely in... Probably just three games. That'd be a need game. Three four. games. <laughs> They're just going to call it. Yep. <laughs> Golden exactly. State's going to come or out and say, guys, like, sorry, this, this is too much for us. We'll we'll just sit this one out. Yep. Exactly. They're going to get dominated by like 50 points per game, you know, <laughs> those first three games, just like Memphis did. And then um, it'll be Bucks and uh, Heat. And I think Bucks will take that. So Bucks versus Suns, NBA Finals, yep. champion is going to be. It'll be Bucks. The <laughs> Bucks Suns will be this. <laughs> okay. The Suns love getting my hopes up and crushing them, Aww. and and I'll be so happy when they get to the finals again. They're gonna probably instead of winning just two games like they did last year, they'll win the first three games and then lose the last four, because that's how it works with me and the Suns. So they'll get up three. So they're gonna beat the Warriors in three games, three to zero, <laughs> and they'll call that series. Yep. Then they'll go to the NBA Finals against the Bucks. They'll win the first three games there. And then, just to spite you, they'll lose the next four. Exactly. All and right. Bucks, they're not, not going to forfeit. But they're going to be like, <laughs> gonna we can still take these guys. <laughs> we, we just need to win four more. And, they'll and then they'll just peel them off really easy. <laughs> All right, that's our playoff recap. Good luck to the remaining teams. And uh, hopefully hopefully they, they fall the way Ronnie wants them to fall. Bad luck to the Mavs, though. What? What'd you say? Good, good luck, good luck to the Suns, but oh, bad luck to the Mavs. Mavs. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a look at the 2003 NBA draft, and we're gonna do a redraft. Uh, so we did this recently with a 2002 draft. I think I don't remember our scores, but they were pretty low. That was a pretty weak draft class. I think I gave them a four. You maybe gave them a three. Uh, and then we look yeah. at the 2003 NBA draft, and it's the polar opposite of the 2002 right. NBA draft. It is just absolutely loaded with talent. This is arguably one of the best draft classes in NBA history. Uh, this team, this this draft class, let me give you some facts on this draft class. Uh, four of the top five picks are NBA All-Stars and Olympic gold medalists. They, they played for the Redeem team and have won multiple Olympic gold medals. Uh, nine have participated in All-Star games. There was one finals MVP. There was multiple... NBA MVP, like uh, NBA MVPs. You have most improved player. You have three point shootout winners from the skill challenges. 
You have a six man of the year award. You have breaking records for three point suiting percentage. You have NBA champions, NBA most valuable players, finals MVPs, scoring titles, just an absolutely loaded draft class. You know, we were struggling to find who our top five would be in this one. We're going to struggle here again because there's just so much talent. Yeah, we're not going to struggle on, you know, like the first few players because they're they're so good. But uh, we're, we're going to more struggle on like, yeah. is there anyone in like round two that maybe we could move up to round one and maybe take take one of these spots away but uh yeah it's, yeah, it's an excellent draft absolutely class. insane so let's let's go over the first couple of picks here this is this is the famous lebron james pick lebron james going to his hometown cleveland cavaliers the cleveland Clav- cleveland cavaliers were the team that was expected they had the highest number of lottery balls to win this draft and they did they took lebron james i think everyone knew whoever was first was going to take lebron james he was Coming out of high school, regarded as the best NBA player, you know everyone wanted to anoint everyone the next Jordan, but um, he just—he was either going to be great or he was going to be a bust. If he wasn't in the argument to be the greatest of all time, he was going to be considered a bust. So many expectations for him, uh, and he was taken first you, overall. Yeah, absolutely. I want to change a the thing there. Do you want to go over some of these names so they could? Uh, I want to kind of like go over these names so they could. The listeners could hear who's in this oh, draft yeah, and they absolutely. could decide on yep. if, who, who they would choose, you know, see if they, they choose the same as us. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so LeBron James, number one. Number two, Darko Melkovic. I don't know how to say his Mil- name. I'm sorry. Yeah, Milicic. 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 That's, that sounds better. Uh, Carmelo yeah, Anthony, Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade. Round out your top five. Six through ten, we have Chris Kamen, Kirk Hingrick, TJ Ford, Michael Sweetney. Uh, number ten, Jarvis Hayes. Mikel Petrus, Nick Collison, Marcus Banks, Luke Rignor, Reese Gaines. Rindauer. Rindauer? Yep. Okay. Luke Rindauer at 14. 15, Reese Gaines. 16, Troy Bell. Uh, I'm going to start just kind of pointing out some of the bigger names here now that we're out of the top 15. 18, you had David West. 21, Boris Diaw. Kendrick Perkins at 27, Leandro Barbosa at 28, Josh Howard at 29, Luke Walton at 32, uh, Willie Green at 41, Mo Williams at 47, Kyle Korver at 51, uh, James Jones at 49, skipped over him. And that is going to round out kind of the players that I think make some noise in this. I'll put in the uh, description of the podcast... Uh, the link to the listing of the NBA draft. So take a look at that and and look at those players and see just how loaded this draft class was. So, uh, yeah. So out of out of our top five, out of the top five that were drafted, LeBron, Darko, Carmelo, Chris, Bosch, and Dwayne Wade. Who would you choose? Would you choose anyone different out of all these other names that we mentioned? Would you would you draft anyone higher? Would you replace anyone? What, what would oh you yeah, draft? for sure. So Darko is number two. He was drafted by the. He's a center. From Serbia, he was drafted by the Detroit Pistons, who won the NBA championship that year. So uh, that mm-hmm. worked out pretty well for them. Not because of Darko. They had a very talented team. And he didn't have a great NBA career. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, I would – if knowing the makeup of that team, knowing that they maybe needed a center, I'm probably taking one of two centers. So the, the top two centers that were taken, you had Chris Bosh taken at number four. And you had Chris Kamen taking at number six. 
knowing the the attitude of the Detroit Pistons, I don't think that's a good fit for Chris Boss. Uh, I'm taking Chris Kamen at number two, assuming I still want a center. Yeah, that's the assumption. You know, what was the the logic behind that? You know, I I know Darko's a a seven-footer, but yeah, I think I'm going to take Chris Kamen and get a tough big uh, for Detroit. Isn't it interesting, too, when you go back to these championship championship teams for Detroit? Yeah, you do kind of need that attitude to have a, a good team there. You know, you had like Ben Wallace and you know, all these, you know, big guys with attitudes and that that wins them. But you go further than that, you know, when they had Dennis Rodman and yeah, uh, all those other guys, you know, that, that were pushing the, the bulls around at that time. You know, so it's it's weird. Like the only way they could win is when you have those attitude guys. They're a, so they're a tough nosed team, and I almost yeah. compare them to like the the, the Raiders in the NFL, right? You, yeah. There's certain type of players that it's a piston player, and when they have those players, they're successful. But you don't think Chris Bosh could have been one of those players? You don't think he could have, you know, just developed that attitude? And no, I think Chris Bosh played power forward and center. He's he's not a he's not a physical sort of player. And I think that he maybe he would have, but I I don't think he I don't think he would have been a good fit there. You think Chris Kamen has more attitude than Bosch? Uh I don't really know, but he he's definitely got more size than Bosch, and I think that helps. Yeah. yeah. So I for my number two for Detroit, it would have been Bosch because yeah, they probably didn't need a center. Um, it's it's tough because when I look at the list, you know what I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna screw this all up. I'm not gonna <laughs> stick with a a center. I just, I can't. When you look at the names on this list, no. Yeah. LeBron James is number one, absolutely, without a doubt. But number two should be Dwayne Wade. And yeah, they might not need him at that position, but imagine if he was on Detroit. So you're taking and, the most talented player regardless of position, which is what yep. you're supposed to do, at least they say in the NBA draft. And that, and to you, is Dwayne Wade. Yeah. There's a few other reasons I'm doing this because... When you go with the most talented, usually good players want to go with that too. You know, they they'll see him at the point, they'll see what he does there, and they'll want to play with him, just like how LeBron did when he, you know, we they all went to. Wait, was Wade on the Heat when LeBron went there? Yeah, that, that, that was Wade one of the things. Different... I was, no, Wade was on the Heat. That's kind of a funny little antidote or side note here. Is LeBron, Bosh, and Dwayne all ended up on the Miami Heat? Several years later, and, and yeah. played multiple uh, for multiple NBA championships. But yeah, they yes, because Wade somehow... didn't play for any other team, right? Uh, later in his career, I believe he did. Let me pull oh, it up okay. real quick. Gotcha. That's why it felt weird saying that. So yeah, um, I would if he played most of his career in Detroit. Then yeah, imagine if like, let's say the big three go. Let's say LeBron goes to Detroit. Let's say Chris Bosh goes there too, and then they do their silly crap that they did. You know, with the. Their, well, their I big think, announcement on ESPN. I think part of the reason they went to Miami is because Miami is a cool, sexy city. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't know that you could say that about Detroit. You know, these yeah, are young not. millionaires that want to party, and Miami is definitely the place to do that. Right. Yeah, so you definitely you, can't say that about Detroit, and not in that year, not in 2005 <laughs> when the economy was crap, and yeah. you could buy a house for $100. You, you're picking Dwayne Wade over Carmelo Anthony. Despite the fact, I'm going to give you some stats here. Carmelo Anthony had more games, more seasons, more points, um, a better three-throw percentage, a better three-point shooting percentage. He has a slightly less better field goal percentage overall. Um, Listen, I, I love Carmelo Anthony. He is an amazing player. But I think Dwayne Wade just 
has more attraction to him, you know, where not physically. No, no, it's it's true. Physically. Play, play, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but play wise, he just like you you just you want to play with him over Carmelo Anthony. You know what I mean? Like so you when I saw Carmelo play, he's he's one of those, you know, Kobe Bryant's, you know, he doesn't really share the ball. He's not gonna help the team necessarily like go any further, but he's gonna help himself and he's gonna get the points. So yeah, Carmelo looks good. He's an amazing player, but he's an isolation player. Dwayne Wade, you know, he he's a point guard and he he's there to share the ball and help his team out. So I think that attracts players too. Okay. So I, I agree with you. Carmelo Anthony is not a team first guy. Uh he he looks out for himself first and foremost, and I think that's probably hurt him many times through his an uh, NBA career as far as contracts and, and trying to stay on teams. Dwayne Wade is – I would take Dwayne Wade over Carmelo Anthony, given the choice. However, yeah. for number three, I think Carmelo Anthony is the perfect pick for the Denver Nuggets because they needed a player like that. Yeah, do you – do you, so I, I – I would imagine that Detroit probably had Chauncey Billups or was close to having him. So having Wade and him don't make sense at all. But maybe they could have done something with that. So like, let's say if let's say if you do have both of those players on the same team, um, you have value there for point guards. You know, all all the teams in the NBA need point guards, so you could possibly trade one of those guys and and get some value in return for having both of them too. Yeah, maybe. Yes, they had Chauncey Billups as their point guard. They had. Uh, Richard Hamilton, Rip Hamilton, as their one of their shooting guards. They had Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, as well. And yeah, this was this team won the NBA championship that year. So, they so were that's a, why a they went team. with Darko because they thought he was the best center at the time, the best pick. Well, he's he a seven footer, right? They, he's a big dude, right? Two, uh, seven feet, two hundred seventy five pounds. Mm-hmm. And that I think that was a time when. Uh, when the Shaq was still big in the league too, where yep. they probably needed someone to man up against him. So they thought they would get this guy and it just didn't work out. It did not work out. Yeah. And you see that, you see that often in the NBA draft. We saw it last year in the 2002 NBA redraft where lots of players did not work out. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so no shock that you're going to have at least one in the top five. Uh, okay. Well, I should say it didn't work out for that player, Darko, that player. but yeah. it did work out for Detroit in the end because they got another championship. Well, they, did, they didn't need – whoever they draft. I don't know if that's true. So, so whoever they drafted here probably wasn't going to make a difference. I feel like if you draft right. LeBron, that's going to make a difference. If you draft right. you know, Chris Wade or Dwayne Wade – get my names confused here – that's going to make a difference. Um, yeah, so maybe uh, – it's interesting that they didn't try to trade down. Maybe they did. Mm-hmm. Um, although they got this pick from Memphis, so let's see if there's. Well, I don't think Cleveland would have moved, though. I don't think you could have done anything to get. No, Cleveland no, no, no. You already Cleveland to move. But if I'm Detroit, maybe I want to move down, knowing that there's a lot of top players, and I can get a first round next year, as well as move yeah. down five spots or something. Oh, I see what you mean now. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, it, but when you see that, when you see Darko above Carmelo, yeah. and Chris Bosh, and Dwayne <laughs> Wade, it just drives me crazy because I am a huge Detroit fan. I've my cousins and my family's from Detroit, so seeing that 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 kind of I don't know, it hits me in the the side a little bit, you know. It just it hurts. It hurts. I get it. And uh, yeah, they, he didn't didn't stay there long. He was there for three years before kind of becoming a journeyman in the NBA. If you're seven feet tall, you're yep. you're always going to have a team that's going to knock and, and be interested and hope that they have the the secret formula to to get some production out of you. They should have gone with Perkins. That would Kendrick Perkins would have been a better, yeah. I think Chris Kamen's better than Kendrick Perkins, but who am I? 
Do you? I do. Yeah, I like Perkins a lot. Chris Kamen made... No, no, no. I think Kamen's better than Perkins. I think Perkins is better than Kamen's. Perkins has made a total of zero All-Star games. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Kamen was all right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He just, I don't know why. He just rubbed, rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I think it was because he, he went to Clippers and, you know, they're our son's rivals. So I, I think that's probably the only reason I'm saying that. All right. He looks like he has, uh, oh, he doesn't look like he's definitely a ginger. Maybe that bothers you too. <laughs> Perkins is 6'10", too, and he's a smaller guy. So I, I, yeah, Chris Kamen is probably the better pick because he's a little bigger, too. Yeah. Uh, Denver Nuggets, number three. They took Carmelo Anthony. I think that's a perfect spot. I wouldn't change that. I think when you're a small market team like Denver, you need somebody that you can score a lot of points with. Probably never going to take you deep into the playoffs, but that's okay. You need to sell tickets. Yeah. That's – hold on. I got to reload my, my thing. So, yeah, Denver got Carmelo Anthony. Jeez. Yep. Yeah. And then he, and then he goes to – New York later on. Oh, he went everywhere. Yeah, towards the end of his yeah. career, he was he was a, again became a journeyman. I don't think teams really wanted to hold on to him because he kind of has an attitude. So, New York. Uh, he went to New York in 2011. Then he spent a year in Oklahoma City, a year in Houston, uh, two years with the Trailblazers, and then he was most recently with the Los Angeles Lakers. So I agree with keeping him at number three. I wouldn't change that actually. So. My order is now LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and then Carmelo Anthony. I think that's correct order for talent wise. And yeah, I I love Carmelo. I, I hope he <laughs> plays next year. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even explain why I like him so much. He, I think it's just because he's been in the league so long and me being older now, I'm almost going to be 40, you know? So it's just like, I just want him to play forever. <laughs> I think he's 39 now too, isn't he? Or is he already 40? Uh, Carmelo Anthony is 37, yeah. so... Were... He's only 37. Yeah. Jeez, he's a you know what? young he's, guy. He's, he's, his birthday's coming up May 29th. Make sure you wish Carmelo Anthony a happy 38th birthday, uh, May 29th. Look at all these. How about, good, tell me about um, well, Willie Green, how he's not yeah, in the league, but I all love, these other guys. I love seeing Willie Green's name on that list. Willie Green is now the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, and I think did a fantastic job with that team, You know, really pressing the Suns mm-hmm. into that series. And dealing with injuries and stuff. But yeah, he was drafted in the second round and out of the NBA, obviously, but he's coaching in the NBA, coaching against players that were in his draft class, which I think is really, really right. kind of funny how, how that works sometimes. Le- but LeBron and Carmelo coaching against them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of funny how, how that works out. So, uh, when I see his name on there, I just kind of laugh because he looks like a young dude when you see him on the, on the sidelines. Um, and he is, he, he, you know, he's younger than some of the guys in the league. <laughs> Do you think LeBron has a a soft spot for these players that are drafted in the same class as him? Because he did play with Dwayne Wade. He did play with Chris Bosh. And now Carmelo Anthony is playing with him too. So do you, do you think that he purposely, you know, calls him up in the offseason and he's like, hey, I, I know we're in the same draft class. I want to get together. He, he just like, do you think that's part of it? Um, I don't know if that's necessarily that. I think some of it might be more of the like Olympic connection. You know, spending their off seasons mm-hmm. working out together, traveling yep. together. You know, you, you become close with those guys, and just like anything, you want to spend time with with friends, uh, people that you're yeah. close with. So why not why not see if you can join a team and get together and do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great point there. 
Number four, the okay. Toronto Raptors. They chose Chris Bosh. Uh, I'm probably keeping that. Chris Bosh is a talent wise is probably the the next best pick. I don't know if there's another power forward center on this list that I would surplace him with or replace him with. Um, mm-hmm. scrolling through the list real quick. Yeah, I I think Chris Bosh stays at number four. Yeah, I I have one player where I'm I'm kind of on the the edge of that, you know, but uh. Yeah, I would, I would, I would stick with him mainly because he's a center, and LA definitely needed a center at that time. Toronto, and yeah, he, Toronto, he, I, I think Toronto Raptors. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I said something different. I wasn't even. I was looking at other another team. Sorry, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he, uh, they needed a center, and then yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. I think talent wise, he probably is the number four on this list, with the exception of one player. Yeah, can I go over my number five, or do you yeah, have yeah, some no, other things ahead. to say no, about Bosch? I, I have nothing else to say about Bosch. Go ahead. Okay, so my number five, this is the one where I go all the way down to round two and pick number 49, James Jones. Uh, he, I would pick him, and he would be my number five pick over Chris Kamen, Kirk Heinrich, all these other guys on this list, TJ Ford, Mike Sweeney. And uh, yeah, you, you saw James Jones, and he was a pure shooter, and uh, he was in that one movie that I loved, uh, the, For the Love of the Game, I think it was called. Uh, such a good movie. Did you ever see that? I have not seen that. No. Uh it's it's, it's a really good movie. I'll uh, I'll have to find a, a free link so you could watch the games or watch <laughs> watch the movie somewhere. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think you'll like the movie, but I loved it. it. It's just it's very real and a um I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but it they, it was filmed with James Jones. He starred in that movie, and it's all about you know a, a kid coming from college, you know and. Oh, no, I'm sorry, going, coming from high school and picking which college he's going to go to and then like going to the MBA and um, just, yeah, it's really good. Okay. No, I, I, so you'd pick Chris Bosh. I'm sorry. James Jones at number five as talent wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so mine is LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and then James Jones. So James Jones, five. this is the same James Jones that's current GM of the Phoenix Suns, right? That's yes. not, not a naming coincidence okay it it nope it is yeah i, I see his and he, picture and yeah his stats, okay. absolutely did he play i know he played in miami did he play at the same time as as the rest of those guys as the rest of who lebron and um uh, oh yeah he was on that team he was on that team <laughs> yeah he, so he 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 won a championship with those guys I remember there were some some big shots that he hit with them that that one. Yeah, yeah. Unless so, I'm confusing it with Cleveland because no, he, he he was so, a, let's see, he's a three-time NBA championship, three-time NBA champion, excuse me, two years with the Heat, one year with Cleveland. So yeah, he he just kind of followed around LeBron and got some yeah, rings. Yep. Yeah, I might as well, right? So but that's a, another LeBron guy. That's another, a, that's another Jeff class yeah. person where yeah, yeah. They they're played together. I swear LeBron is all about that. Like he, yeah, he, he if be. he had it his way, he would have had you know James Jones, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. He would have had Carmelo Anthony on his team all at the same time because they're in his draft class. Maybe, yeah. I I keep my, my number five is still Dwayne Wade. I moved Chris Kamen up ahead of him, so there's no changes mm-hmm. there. Uh, I don't know. So I have my top five. Let me go through them real quick. Are LeBron, Kamen, Anthony, Bosh, Wade, which is very similar to what the actual draft looks like. If I'm going to go next talent, who's your number six? And are you keeping Kamen at six, or are you moving somebody ahead of him too? I I would probably keep him at. Well, hold on, let me look at the list. So, 
the other players that I would decide with like that are close. So there's there's Boris Dio on a list, right? Right. I do like Kendrick Perkins personally. Leandro Barbosa probably isn't as good, but he he had an impact, and I just I have a soft spot for him. And then Kyle Korver, that three point shooter, man. I mean, if any team needed a three point shooter, he's he's a guy to get, and he right. played in a league forever. Yeah, he. Uh, that's who uh, I was going to move up to mind is Kyle Korver. Uh, you kind of hit the nail yeah. right on the head looking at his three point shooting percentage. He was second of this draft class in three point shooting percentage. But he had such a longer career and took many, many more shots than the the other yeah. guy that's ahead of him. So yeah, he he was probably the best three throw shooter out of this draft class. He was sixth in points out of this draft class uh, behind David West. Uh, so yeah, he great player. Yeah, I think I probably leave Chris Kamen there in the number six spot because most likely Clippers needed that you know a center. But I would go down a list to where. Corver would have been a better fit to some of the, some of yeah. those positions. Like, you know, Kirk Heinrich, that's, that's a tough one too, you know, because he, he played well, probably number eight, TJ Ford. I probably would have replaced him with Heinrich. Heinrich. Okay. I say, I think people say it both ways, Heinrich and Heinrich. I've heard it both ways because they don't know how to say it correctly. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which way is right. <laughs> so looking at points scored, TJ Ford is significantly further down on the list. He only played in the league for eight seasons compared to you know Kyle Korver with his uh 17 seasons. So yeah that's that's probably a better a better spot for them there. Super talented draft class. It's just absurd yeah. to think that these all came out in one year. And like you know, this twenty twenty it's nineteen years ago, almost twenty years ago now, several of these players are still in the league. Yeah. I mean it's amazing how long NBA careers are now. I mean, that's yeah. good job to the, you know, the medical staff and just our, the way they eat and nutrition and the advances in technology with all of that stuff too. I mean, that, this is exciting. You know, I hope, I hope we get players that last even longer, but <laughs> I don't, I just, I mean, as long as they're healthy, as long as they're able to keep up with the young guys, you know? Yeah. So Chris Bosch has been inducted into the national, uh, to the basketball hall of fame. Who else on this list goes into the Hall of Fame? I think it's probably LeBron is a no-brainer. Camar- Carmelo, you think so? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Carmelo and Dwayne, I think, also go into the Hall of Fame. Is there anyone else on this list that you think makes the Hall of Fame? Chris Kamen doesn't, right? Chris Kamen does not. I would say no. Yeah. How about per- Perkins? No. Really? No, I don't think Perkins makes the Hall of Fame. You do? How many championships did he win? Didn't he do win a couple? Yeah, but he was never a, a he was a role player on those teams. Alright. So he would be I really, okay, how about really Barbosa? deflated you that pretty quickly. Alright. <laughs> he just moved on. No, yeah, honestly I don't I don't know enough about his history, so yeah. I'm I'm kinda going by what you you're the stat guy. Yeah. So James James Jones absolutely would make it. He will be inducted in the Hall of Fame if if he hasn't already. Are you... is, is he in it already? No, no. James Jones? Yeah, of course. You have a very low bar to make it into the Hall of Fame. No offense to James Jones and Kendrick Perkins, but... Oh, dude, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. (laughs) James Jones makes it into the Hall of Fame maybe as an NBA executive if he continues to have success as a GM, not as a player. Oh, my God. He was such a good player, though. That's why I picked him number five. For, like, a few years. He wasn't... Three championships? He was a big, he was a role a player. No, he was never a big factor. He was a role yeah, he player. Was. 
He followed LeBron around to get rings. You're crazy. I mean, yeah, that's true, but he got rings. <laughs> <laughs> and he hit some major shots. So I remember that one particular shot where he, he hit it from the side. It was uh, down at the bottom where he hit a three to, to win a, a key game. And yeah, he's. I, I, maybe that's why I, I think he should go to the Hall of Fame because he made such a impact on winning a championship. Okay, so I'm going to give you a player that I, I kind of feel maybe is uh, a similar results. And I'm trying to bring up his info here. Do you remember John Paxton from the from the Bulls? Yep. I would say he's a James Jones-esque player. Would you agree with that or not as far as... I don't know Paxton enough to compare him to James Jones. Well, he's a would, three-time what, NBA would, champion. <laughs> what, what about Similar Steve to James Kerr? Jones. You, Steve Kerr? Would Steve Kerr be... Yeah, because Steve Kirk, he was a GM and everything, and um, kind of like the. I think that's more similar because he okay, he I'll hit some Steve big Kerr. shots with with the Bulls. Sure, is Steve Kerr in the Hall of Fame, Ronnie? No, I don't think he is. He's not. So why should do you, he be? No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I don't why think he do should you be think either. James Jones should be in the Hall of Fame? Dude, I I just I think I like him. Yeah, I, I just, you're biased. Yeah, I think the I, only other potential uh, uh, no that's it i think just those those four i mean if you're if i was going five David west players, maybe what he's, he's next on the scoring list so i barely know who he is <laughs> no he plays for the new orleans hornets yeah who he scored fourteen thousand <laughs> points Played in over a thousand games. I agree with you. Okay, so, He's the next on so, the list, but that bar is way too high for him. I, I think the only other person that possibly makes it is going to be Willie Green as a head coach. Yeah. Okay. So uh, going back to West. So the only reason he scored so many points is probably because he was the best player on the New Orleans Hornets. So he got the ball a lot and he was able to score a bunch of points. Not making him. He's a two-time NBA champion, right? Hall of Famer. He's a two-time. What? He's a two-time NBA All-Star, right? For who? For who? <laughs> Golden State As Warriors. As a bench player. Yeah. Oh, stupid. He played zero games for the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. He started zero games. Played an average of twelve in thirteen minutes and won two NBA championships. <laughs> All right, Hall of Fame. Here we come. <laughs> Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but I'd say he's next on the list just because. Of his long career, his no, total he's not points next scored. Leandro Barbosa has a better chance than him because no. he was at least six man. He was six man of the for, year. I think two years. No, I think just one year. James Jones is better than all of those guys. Leandro Barbosa is an NBA champion. Yeah, he is. Which team, Ronnie? <laughs> Which team do you win an NBA champion? <laughs> Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you remember how many players are trying to get traded to that team just to, so they could get a championship? Yeah, everyone did. Do you remember, remember when Kevin Durant uh, Cousins did. Went, yeah. Remember when Cousins got traded to that team and they didn't yeah. win? Yeah. Because Clay Thompson hurt himself and got screwed? Yeah. Oh, that was that, that was hilarious. Everyone's ring chasing, man. So that's the 2003 NBA draft. Any, any closing comments on this just absolute fantastic draft class? <laughs> I... <laughs> 
I just love that Cousins didn't win a ring when there was I, I, I wasn't that Durant's last year on the team too. I think so. And yeah. He's like, oh, this is locked in. We got this. And then they get Cousins trade on the team, and we're just like, this is bullcrap. Like, there's yeah. no way they got another All Star on the team. And then he doesn't win a ring. Well, oh, the Durant got so hurt satisfying. as well during yeah. that that playoff run. Good, good for Cousins making that move. Yeah, good for not him. winning a ring. Lottie I'm probably the best top. team ever put together in in life. So I, I'm taking a quick peek at the 2004 NBA draft. It's going to be a lot less uh, controversial because yeah. there's far less talented players on that team or on that draft class. But 2003, is there a better draft class than the uh, 2003 NBA draft class? Let us know. Send us a text, 602-935-8368 with who you think the most talented draft classes. And don't say like the 2020 NBA draft class because those guys <laughs> haven't accomplished anything. It's like, yeah, they might so go to the Michael players. Jordan draft. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I don't know who else got, I mean, Michael Jordan wasn't the first pick in his draft. Right. I think it's funny. Um, but like you look at some of those old time, did they all get drafted in the same class? I don't know. I think, I think this is going to be the best, but I'd love to hear other ones to look at if, if you don't think this is the best. Uh, but that's sort of how I feel. Yeah. This, this is an excellent class and I definitely 10 out of 10, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 10 out of 10 for sure. We were multiple Hall of Famers are going to come out of this draft class. So that's 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 a good one. All right. We got games Sunday. Catch them. Watch them. Let's hear your thoughts on them. And join us next week as we continue to talk all things NBA. Follow me at Twitter at JNR underscore B-Ball underscore John. And Ronnie at JNR underscore B-Ball underscore Ron. And Ronnie, what is our podcast Twitter account? It's a JNR underscore basketball. JNR underscore basketball. Follow us on the podcast as well. You'll hear information about our latest updates, latest drops of podcasts, and uh, leave us a message. We'd be happy to hear from you. And that's all for today. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks, everyone.